Hello everyone, welcome to episode 4 of season 2 of Bible Study Podcast with me, Caro Hernandez. Before I start, I just want to thank everyone who's been a faithful listener to this podcast, um, everyone who's just been messaging me and letting me know what the Lord's been doing in your lives, and I really appreciate it. I know that God is moving, and I know we're learning more about Him, and that's the main goal, to learn more about Him and how we should be living our lives. Today I'm bringing, well, this whole week, I'm bringing, um, I feel like a good topic that needs to be spoken about. We're talking about marriage and how we can get great Christian marriages. And if you're not married and are wanting to get married, I think you should take notes. So that way you can start better off than most of us who probably didn't know any of this until now. Until we were already in a marriage. Before I start and get into it, let's pray. And ask that you join me wherever it is that you find yourself. Thank you God for your love towards us. Thank you because you have called us chosen chosen people, God. You have called us to be your children, to be your followers, God, and it is a great privilege. God, we ask that you guide this podcast, that you guide this word, God, that it gets embedded into our hearts and our minds, God, that we remember it every day of our lives, God, that we can apply it to our lives, to our marriages, God, to our relationships. God, we worship you and we exalt you. We ask that you send your Holy Spirit wherever it is that we are, God, and that you just fill the space, that you overflow and fill the space around us, God, that we feel your presence and that you guide our learning today, God, that you guide our learning so that way we know that what we're hearing is true and influenced by you. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to be focusing today in 1 Corinthians 7, particularly um, verses 1 through 11. So if you have your Bibles, take out your highlighters, take out your pens, your tea, your water, your coffee, and let's get to it. 1 Corinthians 7, 1 through 11. It's titled Instruction on Christian Marriage. Now regarding the question you asked in your letter, yes it is good to abstain from sexual relations, but because there is so much sexual morality, each man should have his own wife, and each woman should have her own husband. The husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs, and the wife should fulfill her husband's sexual needs. If the wife gives authority, the wife gives authority over her body to her husband, and the husband gives authority over his body to his wife. Do not deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both agree to refrain from the sexual intimacy for a limited time so you can give yourselves more completely to prayer. Afterward, you should come together again so that Satan will be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. I just say this as a concession, not a command, but I wish everyone were single just as I am. Yet, each person has a special gift from God of one of a kind or another. So I say to those who aren't married and to widows, it's better to stay unmarried just as I am. But if they can't control themselves, they should go ahead and marry. It's better to marry than to burn with lust. But for those who are married, I have a command that comes not from me, but from the Lord. A wife must not leave her husband. But if she does leave him, let her remain single or else become reconciled to him. And the husband must not leave his wife. 
So, in all of 1 Corinthians, our author is Paul. And Paul is answering questions that the Church of Corinth had in the beginning of the seventh letter. So, in the beginning of chapter 7, he's answering their question as regards to marriage and sex. So they ask several questions, um, for example, because sex is perverted, shouldn't we also abstain in marriage? If my spouse is unsaved, should I seek a divorce? Should unmarried people and widows remain unmarried? So he's answering this question, um, should they abstain from sexual relations or to live a celibate life, it says in my footnote. And he says yes. It's good to abstain from sexual relations or to live a celibate life. And he also answers, but there's so much sexual morality. Each man should have his own wife and each woman should have her own husband. So because there's so much sexual immorality, people should get married. A man should get married to a woman and a woman should get married to a man. And that should be their own and their only and then he answers about sex. The husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs and the wife should fulfill her husband's sexual needs. And I feel like this is very important. If your husband is not fulfilling your sexual needs, you will be frustrated. And if your wife is not fulfilling your sexual needs, you're gonna be frustrated and you're gonna go look for somewhere else or someone else who can fulfill that sexual need. So you need to communicate about that. As a couple, you guys need to let each other know what your sexual needs are and how you want them fulfilled. Because in verse 3, it says that the husband should fulfill the wife's sexual needs and the wife should fulfill her husband's sexual needs. So it's definitely a conversation that needs to be taken in marriages and most importantly in Christian marriages because we want those to last and to be great and to be amazing. And sex plays a big part of that. It says in 4, the wife gives authority over her body to her husband, and the husband gives authority over his body to his wife. That's consent. Paul obviously knew that consent was a big, big thing about it. You have to consent to have sex with your husband, or you have to consent to have sex with your wife, so that way they can fulfill your sexual needs. And you will be happy, and you will be relieved, and you will be relaxed. And all your needs will be met. In 5, it gives us advice. It gives us, um, yeah, it gives us advice. It says, do not deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time. So you can give yourselves more completely to prayer. So basically, it's saying that The only time a couple, a marriage, could deprive each other of sexual relations is unless they both agree to do it and they both are going to give themselves more completely to prayer. If if the husband per se, let's say, says, hey, I want to stop having sex for a little bit so that way I can give myself more to prayer, but the wife doesn't agree, then it it should not go down. Both have to agree. It has to be a mutual agreement that 
you will stop sex for a while for a limited time so that way both of you can give yourself more completely a prayer but then it says afterward you should come together again so that satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control this is real y'all a lot of people a lot of us in marriage lack self-control and that's why paul is saying don't give up sex and make sure your partner your spouse knows what you want sexually because then you're opening a door or you're letting satan be able to tempt you sexually and hit your self-control and then you fall and six he says i say this as a concession not as a command so he's giving us and he's giving us advice it's not a command but it's definitely advice that we should all follow and then he continues on to say but i wish everyone were single just as i am yet each person has a special gift from god of one kind or another now if you're reading this i mean if you're listening to this um and reading it too if you have your bibles out and you're looking at chapter seven just as i did i was like well does Paul just hate marriage why is he saying that he wishes everyone were single or while I'm already married I can't be single and the reason why he says this is just because when you're single you can give yourself fully to a ministry and focus on that ministry solely but when you're married your focus isn't just your ministry your focus is first god and then it's your family and then it's your ministry so that's why he's saying he wishes everyone were single but i really like the second part yet each person has a special gift from god of one kind or another maybe your special gift from god is coming to you as a single person as a single man or a single woman Maybe your purpose is to expand the kingdom of God, destroy the kingdoms of hell, and make way for Jesus in your singleness. Or maybe the special gift from God hasn't really hit your life because your purpose is to expand the kingdom of God, uh, destroy the kingdom of hell, and make way for Jesus in your marriage with your marriage with your spouse with your husband or with your wife so i really like that part yet each person has a special gift from god of one kind or another so whether you're single or whether you're married rejoice in the season of life you're in and wait for god to give you the next steps or pray to god and ask him what the next steps are it says in eight, so I say to those who aren't married and to widows, it's better to stay unmarried just as I am. Once again, for the ministry, so you can have your soul focus in the ministry. In nine, it says, but if they can't, if unmarried people and widows can't stay unmarried, can't control themselves, they should go ahead and marry because it's better to marry than to burn with lust. In 10, it says, but for those who are married, I have a command that comes not from me, but from the Lord. A wife must not leave her husband, but if she does leave him, let her remain single or else be reconciled to him. And if the husband and the husband must not leave his wife and the same thing applies. Um, If the husband does leave the wife, then he should remain single or else be reconciled to her. 
here we see a lot of a lot of things um in verses three to five we see that sexual temptations are difficult to withstand because they appeal to the normal and natural desires that god has given us god created sex and he created all our pleasure senses so sexual temptations are difficult to stay away from because they appeal to those sorry that's baby mika he wants to join mika Diola. he's a little shy <laughs> Um, So sexual temptations are difficult to withstand because they appeal to those normal and natural desires that God has given us and God created. Marriage provides God's way to satisfy, satisfy these natural sexual desires and to strengthen the partners against temptation. Because there's strength in numbers and in marriage, there's unity. You become one. So marriage provides God's way to satisfy all these natural sexual desires. That's why I say sex is good. Sex was designed by God and he designed it for marriage so that way you can do it with a lifelong partner and do it well, right? And it says, um, satisfy these natural sexual desires and to strengthen the partners against temptation. Married couples have the responsibility to care for each other, not just sexually, but also physically and spiritually. It says, therefore, husbands and wives should not withhold themselves sexually from one another, but should fulfill each other's needs and desires. Why? Because we have to take care of each other. We have to take care of each other emotionally. We have to take care of each other spiritually, but we also have to take care of each other physically. And not just when we're sick, y'all. We need to take care of our partners, of our spouses, of our husbands or wives' sexual desires. We need to fulfill those. And like I said, we need to do it. And we need to do it well, if you know what I mean. Um, the reason why this this whole chapter was written was because the, the Corinthian church was in turmoil because of the immorality of the culture around them. Um, Some Greeks, in rejecting immorality, rejected sex and marriage altogether. So the, um, the Corinthian Christians wondered if this was what they should do. So that's when they started asking Paul all these questions. And then Paul answers these questions by saying, for now, stay put. Be content in the situation where God has placed you. If you're married, don't seek to be single. If you're single, don't seek to be married. Live God's way one day at a time and he will show you what to do. Spiritually, our bodies belong to God when we became Christians just because Jesus Christ bought us by paying the price to release us from sin. So physically, our bodies belong to our spouses because God designed marriage so that through the union of husband and wife, the two become one. So our bodies belong to our spouses. That's also why we give consent. That's why the wife gives authority over her body to her husband. And the husband gives authority over his body to his wife. Because physically, our bodies belong to our spouses. And because they belong to our spouses, we want them to take care of it. Just like I read right now, marriage provides God's way to satisfy these natural sexual desires and to strengthen the partners against temptation. 
married couples have the responsibility to care for each other. That responsibility is there because physically our bodies belong to our spouses. Um, in this whole chapter, Paul stressed complete equality in sexual relationships. Neither male nor female should seek dominance or authority. It is equal. It is equal. That's why everything is repeated. That's why it says that the husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs. And then it repeats. The wife should also fulfill her husband's sexual needs. Hola, Mika. Hola. He's the result of fulfilling my husband's sexual needs. Um, so in this, we see a, we see a lot. And we definitely see the Lord's design for marriages. We see that he created man and woman to become one in marriage, in Christ. And frankly, as Paul put it, have some bomb sex. But how is that going to happen if there's sexual immorality in some marriages? If there's sexual immorality in wives or husbands? So I really want us to touch on that really quick. We do not want sexual morality in our marriages. Because then, as verse 5 says it, Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Well, I feel like some people let Satan tempt them and they also fell. I really want us to go quickly to... 1 Corinthians 6, and we're only going to be focusing on verses 12 through 20, because this is something really big to avoid, not only if you're married, but also if you're unmarried. It says in 1 Corinthians 6, 12, it says, you say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I'm allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. You say food was made for the stomach, and the stomach for food. This is true, though someday God will do away with both of them. But you can't say that our bodies were made for sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord. Remember, our bodies um, spiritually belong to God, and physically our bodies belong to our spouses. So it says, and the Lord cares about our bodies just as our husbands and our wives should care about our bodies as well. And God will raise us from the dead by his power, just as he raised our Lord from the dead. Don't you, this is verse uh, 15. Don't you realize that our bodies are actual, actually parts of Christ? Should a man take his body, which is part of Christ, and join it to a prostitute? Never, 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 never. And don't you realize that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her? For the scriptures say, the two are united into one. Run. This is 18. Um, oh wait, 17. But the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. 18. Run. Say it with me. Run. From sexual sin. No other sin is so... Um, so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. 
For God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. Um, you do not belong to yourself, especially if you are married. You do not belong to yourself. You belong to God and you belong to your wife. You belong to God and you belong to your husband. Sexual morality, like it says, is the only sin that affects your body directly. And you might be asking yourself, why or how? When you connect yourself to someone who is not your husband or someone who is not your wife sexually, you guys literally become one. Because you gave yourself to that person. You gave consent to that person to become one with you. And you guys are now joined. Joined emotionally, joined spiritually, joined physically. So if you're going to go join yourself with a whole bunch of different people, you're going to be messed up emotionally, you're going to be messed up spiritually, and you're going to be messed up physically. That's why it says, run from sexual sin. So husbands, run from sexual sins. Wife, run from sexual sin because you do not belong to yourself. You belong to God and you belong to your husband. You belong to God and you belong to your wife. Do not give Satan the time. Do not give Satan the space to tempt you. Because let's be real, we all lack self-control in one way or another, in one area or another. And we're not dumb. We know that area. And we know that way. So don't give Satan the time and don't give Satan the space to tempt you because you're going to fall. Remember, our bodies do not belong to ourselves. They belong to God and they belong to our spouse. And spouses, we need to take care of those bodies. Not only emotionally, not only spiritually, but also physically. So we gotta be talking about our sexual needs. We gotta be talking about how we feel. We just need to communicate, period. We need to communicate, period. If you learned anything from this, we need to communicate, period. We need to satisfy the sexual needs of our spouse. And we cannot give Satan the time or the space to tempt us because we're gonna fall. Why? Because we lack self-control. Because sexual temptations are difficult to withstand because they appeal to the normal and natural desires that God has given us. God gave you those natural and normal sexual desires because your, your partner, your spouse, is meant to fulfill all of those in marriage. In marriage because your spouse is supposed to be your safe space in marriage that's what god created marriage for for the two to become one in marriage and create a safe space where you know that you're not going to get hurt and they're not going to leave you and they're going to fill you in all areas remember this is episode one of a week-long topic so we're going to be talking about some other things that were not talked about today But I really hope that you listened, and I really hope that you learned. And remember, God is calling you. Are you going to answer the call? And are you going to say yes to God? God bless y'all.